is making me real nervous. I know. Up there. I know. I've never <laughs> seen him on top of our very tall office desk. And we have frames up there. And I feel like he's just going to bat him off just to piss me off. Hey, folks. Welcome to the podcast. We're in minute six of Cat Watch 2021. <laughs> our cat, Corbin Dallas, has gotten up on our big, stupid desk. Mm-hmm. And he's just sitting up there like he's king <sighs> shit. I mean, it's like a seven-foot-tall desk. Cor- what do you say? Yeah. Corbin, get down. I mean, I'd be fine if he went up there and just laid down, but you look like you want to do some menacing yeah. up there. Yeah, he's looking to do property damage. That's I the know. look of a cat that's like... Like, we've got expensive equipment down here. He's ready to burn it down. And I've got lemon water. I don't want that on me, my equipment. So if we could not... Yeah. I'm going to start calling him Seth Rollins because he's going to burn it down. Oh, my God. Wrestling reference. Strap in, everybody. He's going to be so distracting. <laughs> yes. Yes, he is. So get ready for us to like be quiet and just like staring at our cat. So if we're quiet, that's what we're doing. Welcome, everybody, to Life Well Spent with Garrett and Amber. We're a married couple. Oh, where? Mm, not where. <laughs> no edits. We're a married couple. Do minimal research on things they find interesting in a vain attempt to keep their marriage on the rails. Folks, we're fine. Stop writing us emails. It's fine. <laughs> it's a joke. We're joking. Ha ha. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> All right, we're talking about that later. <laughs> All right. Well, how you doing, wife? Uh, other than being anxious because our cat is and yeah, doing his thing over here. He's alternating from looking for a way down to looking to knock heavy stuff off the, yeah, like the seven-foot <sighs> desk onto our expensive computer stuff and our nice, refreshing lemon waters. I mean, Corbin, just get down like t- to that spot. Just come on down. He, he's going to do it. I know. I know. You know what? We 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 take the recording mm. conditions that we're given. You know what? That's true. Yep. Oh, oh, God. Oh, oh God. What's okay. happening? All right. Everybody panic. Oh, God. He's coming <laughs> down. Oh, no. Oh, he's going down. <laughs> <laughs> he, All right. He's down. Everybody, he's down. Guys, he skipped at least two other platforms that would have been great to hop down and just went straight to the floor. Cats are amazing. He just jumped, man. This Why one. did he choose that route? That was not smart. That's okay, but you know what? You're you're fine. All right. Okay, now we can finally. What that feel? Two and a half minutes. Yeah, nice. maybe open up hit, hit the. Oh. Uh, let's lock him in the closet. He usually likes to be in the <laughs> He's, dark closet. Yeah, he'll just lay down in there. Yeah. Uh, but okay. Watch your butt. How are you? Doing great. Yeah, <laughs> doing really well. Um, I I went for a longer run than I really meant to today, mm-hmm. and now one of my feet's hurting a little bit. But it's not that bad. I'm okay. We've got your little ball to help, right? Yeah. I got a, a rolly ball for like uh, my Achilles, or not Achilles. Um, I had plantar fasciitis in one of my feet. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there's this really nice running store in Greeley that I went to, Altitude Running. That sounds right. And I yeah, bought this little like hard rubber ball that you can rub, you know, you can stand on and move around your foot. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to work it out tonight. Yeah. Is what it is. Yeah. It'll help. Yeah. Well, we can't match that excitement. I know, seriously. <laughs> we, like we started at a boom. peak with uh, with yeah, Corbin. My shoulders on, are down now. Yeah, Corbin threatened suicide up there. Threatening oh, to jump. Good lord. Uh, what, the what have least you been... graceful thing I've ever seen him do. Seriously, that was terrible. That was a bad choice. He like went down cockeyed. And I mean, he didn't look sure of himself. No, he looked scared no. to death. But he's like, I should get down. Mom's gonna get so mad at me. Yep. You know what? But okay. Talking uh, into back, the mic. Back on track. Yep. Uh, what have you been into this week? So this week's been kind of crazy. Work's just been 
uh, a little nuttier than mm-hmm. usual, like in a good way. Um, so I, ha- I haven't had a ton of time to mm-hmm. get into stuff. Uh, but something I did want to talk about because I listened to the podcast yesterday. It's, I think, a podcast that most everybody would love because it's so charming and well done. Um, I think it's the best. Uh, it's called, no, I'm going to remember it. Look at me. Look at me. I'm going to remember it. Uh, it is called Less is Morgue. Morgue. Morgue, yes. Okay. Um, so it is a written narrative podcast about these two uh, hosts mm-hmm. of a podcast. Excuse me. One is, she's kind of a, a demon, I guess. Okay. Um, she talks like she, she eats people, but she's like super funny. And, and well, she's, she's kind of gothy. Kind of indie hipstery douchebaggy, but she's still very likable. Mm-hmm. And then her co-host um, is a girl that died in like the early two thousands, and now she's a ghost. She died at a Nickelback concert. Um, Interesting. And they're about like twenty to forty minute episodes. Uh, incredible voice actors. Really, I think really really fun. Like I never, I'm never like looking at my watch like, oh, is this episode going to end? It's it keeps it, you entertained then. Yeah, so it's kind of it's supernatural, but it's it's comedy forward. It's very much comedy podcast. It's it reminds me a lot of there was a podcast I listen used to listen to, still listen to every once in a while called uh Thrilling Adventure Hour, mm-hmm. which was a live show that actors did and it was in the style of old radio serials. Mm-hmm. Um and there was a uh a segment on there called I believe it was called Beyond Belief. Um, and it was about this uh, married couple, Mary and Sadie Doyle. Okay. Um, and they're these two alcoholics who are living like on the Upper East Side in New York. And they just stay in their, their like lavish condo and get drunk all the time. And they're so in love. But then they also just happen to be like uh, spiritual wardens. They have one foot in the supernatural realm. But all they want to do is stay home with each other and get drunk because everybody else is boring and, and mm-hmm. tired. Um, just really well-written, fun characters that I, you know, I truly enjoy checking in with them every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're looking for something, and again, it's it's not like a two-hour-long podcast. I've got tons of those. This one, again, like thirty minutes. It's great. Oh, it's not bad. It is nice and refreshing. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, fantastic sense of humor. Um, Great representation. Uh, the ghost, uh, she, uh, she's a lesbian, and uh, you know they have different, uh, like, I mean, it's comedy, but it's it's just cool. It feels very, very modern. Um, not pandering. I don't know. I could go on about it, but it's just uh, a ton of fun. And if you're looking for Thrilling Adventure Hour, there's a ton of episodes on Thrilling Adventure Hour, and they have different uh shows so there's that beyond belief there's sparks nevada martian on mars mm-hmm. um oh there's one about this hobo uh it's it, great nice. i yeah i i don't listen to a ton of straight up narrative podcasts like that right i, I listen to a horror podcast every sunday um, more comedians i feel like yeah more comedians some improv uh some comedians doing like uh uh True crime, like uh, my favorite murder and last podcast on the left. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, no sleep podcast is one written like narrative podcast they'll listen to. That's that's the best horror podcast I've ever listened to. If you're looking for a horror podcast to get into, that's 
probably the number one anyways, mm -hmm. like on charts, but it's great. Um, so yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. What about you? Um, well, you know that I <clears throat> signed up for uh, real estate classes to get my real estate mm -hmm. license. Um, so that's been exciting. So now I'm just waiting for my books, but luckily I've been able to kind of start with your older ones. Mm -hmm. um, not super old. Not super old. No. Yeah. A few years. I guess my real estate manual is from 2016, but I think they just came out with a new one this year. Interesting. I don't think they update it. Well, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they don't update it too often. But yeah, so that's pretty super exciting. exciting. Yeah. Super exciting. Very yep. fun. I finally wore you down. You did. Yes. <laughs> I tried not to be too much of a bully. Well, I, I feel like I, I kind of needed that push, though, because I don't know if I would have done it on my own. Yeah. But a lot of things that I wouldn't have done on my own and you've like given me that push to do um, was the right choice. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. So it's like, I mean. Good I to know my bullying I trust <laughs> worked out. <laughs> you don't bully. You all just, right, you know, right. you present it in the way of like, I know that you'd be good at this. I so just, why are yeah, you Yeah, I just have total it, confidence you know? in you, for yeah. sure. So that's been pretty fun. So I've been actually, so I you know that I was listening to like the mindset mentor podcast for every time, basically every time I do like laundry, cause yes. I just get bored otherwise. Um, and I found a new one, real estate rookie, which mm. I'm like, uh, perfect. Right. From myself. Um, kind of getting into it while I'm taking the courses here, but, uh, yeah, that's been pretty fun. You know, it's a, I, I don't remember their names, but it's a guy and a girl that they are investors and I think they're real estate agents as well. Cool. Um, that they, you know, interview other people and just kind of let, let them tell their story of, you know, um, what was one that I had listened to? Basically, there was actually a guy out of Denver that they, he talked about how he invests in different properties and using mm. the money of a refinance to buy new properties. So I'm just, yep. I'm learning a lot of cool new things. Um, I'm going to have to listen to that. I, yeah. I, I don't listen to any real estate podcasts. I listened to Tom Ferry's for a little bit and yeah. his were mostly like kind of tidbits from his daily show that he does on YouTube, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was good. But I, I, for some reason I just, I need comedy in my podcasts, but I, you know, I know it'd be better for my career if I, you know, dipped in to the real estate podcast every once in a while just to bring in new ideas. And, well, and yeah. who knows, you know, it might be really interesting to you. I mean, it's not yeah. like it's like a dull way that they're talking about it. Like, it's just, it's fun and they just ask questions cool. and um, you learn a lot. And that, that's kind of how I want to be once I get my, my license. It's like, I want to be able to learn from all these really great, successful real estate agents. Absolutely. Take what I can from them, not necessarily copy them, but be able to, you know, transform that into what I want to do and, yeah. you know, give me fresh ideas if I'm just out of them. So, oh, yeah. um, so that's been a lot of fun. And cool. of course we've been doing the, uh, schooling from home this week since cash had to be quarantined a lot. Well, his whole class had to be quarantined. Yes. So. Yeah. Cash is fine. He's, he doesn't have any yeah. symptoms. Somebody in his class was exposed yeah or even potentially exposed to somebody with covid i i, I don't know. know i think just the school is being so careful mm -hmm. that they're like we got to send everybody home which i understand i respect that yeah, yeah. so uh, he's cleared to go back to school on monday which we're both very excited for. yes um that way we can get back to our schedule mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. um so yeah. yeah yeah that's been an exciting week for both of us i feel yeah. like you know um but i am excited to hear what you want to talk about this week this Perfect. is our last week of Black History Month. Yes. And so I'm going to be honest. Look, guys, can I be honest? Absolutely. Okay. Like I said, this week was a lot was going on. 
Mm-hmm. It was just a busy work week for me. Um, you know, I don't want to make excuses, but he's making excuses. Okay, so I am. <laughs> so I just wanted to watch Blazing Saddles. Mm. Like I've I've talked about it on this podcast. I grew up watching Mel Brooks movies. Yeah, that is my my sweet spot. That's my my quiet place. My my security blanket when the nights are cold and there's lightning or whatever. Uh, yeah. So I'm like, you know what? I'll I'll watch Blazing Saddles because it's it stars a black man. Cleavon Little is the actor. I knew nothing about him, and after watching the movie, I wanted to look into him a little bit. Was he the sheriff? Yes. Okay. Yes. So. Uh, Blazing Saddles, uh, I believe, was released in 1974, 72. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, starring Cleavon Little, Gene Wilder's in it, and he's incredible. I, I actually think I like his role in this movie as the, uh, the Waco kid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I might like this role better than him as, uh, like Willy Frank? Willy Wonka. I could see that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just. Willy Wonka's I, character is just very eccentric, I feel yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't really grow up with. I watched Willy Wonka a few times as a kid, but I grew up with Mel Brooks. So. Yeah. Um, a lot of this, me talking about this film and about. I, I don't think I've watched this film in like maybe 10 years. Oh, really? At least five. Wow. So it was a different experience watching it this time. And I thought it was. Uh, I still think it's a fantastic movie. From what I saw it. it yeah. Yeah, I've realized it's good. not perfect. I thought yeah. it was a perfect movie, but it's not because uh, there's just some scenes where you can tell maybe they cut some stuff. Yeah. Uh, like there's a scene where uh, this beautiful German singer that uh, um, Sheriff Bart, the the main guy mm-hmm. uh, played by Cleavon Little, um, she's meant to woo him. Right. You know, the bad guy's hired to woo him, but, you know, he's so... He's so fine, and and uh, uh, he ends up wooing her, mm-hmm. and she's enthralled. And then there's a scene where this singer is tied up in the bad guy's office, and uh, you know she's saying like, "Oh, you can't beat him. He's he's the greatest guy ever." And right. uh, she gets smacked. Um, and then later on, all of a sudden, she's just with all the good guys at yeah, like the I big finale. That. And I was like, I never noticed that, but that's and so, that like. The, and the cut into that scene of her tied up on the stove yeah. in that office, it is such a quick, weird cut. It's like all so, of a sudden she's just there with them. Yeah, I don't even remember what the scene leading up to it was, but there's no there's no smooth transition. It's just this scene is done. Now let's go to this mm-hmm. scene that is just there to move the movie along. Yeah. So I'm sure it just got lost in the editing process. But, man, it is so, so good. Um <laughs> I didn't take a ton of notes on it, to be honest. I just kind of wanted to experience it. Um, I took some notes, but it was mostly just questions about jokes I didn't get. Oh, um, really? Like? Yeah. Oh, my God. Where's my phone? Uh, on the corner. Oh. Just blends right into the desk. Yep. So, you know what? Actually, this would be good if you guys know the answer to these questions, because I'm not going to look it up right now. <laughs> uh, let me know. Go to lifewellspent.yahoo.com and explain jokes to me, please. So there's a scene where uh, they are at the mayor's office. I believe he's the mayor played by Mel Brooks. Okay. And, or no, it's in the, uh, oh, it's like, he's like the uh, assistant general, uh, the main foil in the movie, the main bad guy. Mm. Um, Him and his henchmen are in his office. 
his henchman earlier on got hit in the head by Bart, okay. who is not the sheriff yet. And uh, he's talking about, uh, well, they're, they're just kind of talking. And uh, the main bad guy, the like assistant director, I don't know, he's, he's under the mayor. He leans his head out the window because there is a, uh, what would you call that? Where people got hung by, by the neck. Uh, there's a specific word for the, the like stage. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Boy, I, I don't, I don't well, know the name words aren't coming to me. So he leans his head out and uh, uh, he's like, hey, can you keep it down? We have a meeting in here. He's like, oh, yeah, sorry. Like the, the hangman's really funny. He's kind of hunchback of Notre Dame. And uh, he's like, sorry, he's got a doozy out here. And it's a guy in a wheelchair. And uh, the the main bad guy, he goes, oh, oh, yeah, the Dr. Gillespie killings. No idea. I don't get it. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the comedy in this spans generations. But Mm -hmm. there's some stuff that's very 1974 that I don't get. Um, So uh, the main kind of conflict in this movie is um Hedley Lamar the 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 main foil mm-hmm. um he's trying to build this railroad uh and they run into some quicksand so they need to take it through this town called Rock Ridge mm-hmm. but in order to do that they need to drive everybody out of Rock Ridge so they basically give up their rights to the land so they can drive uh, the railroad through it got it and uh so he talks to his main bad guy who's I believe it's played by Slim Pickens, and he's really good. And mm-hmm. I love the name Slim Pickens. I, that doesn't sound like a real it's, real name to me. I don't know if it's a stage name, but it's the best name ever. Slim Pickens. Slim Pickens. I believe he started in quite a few westerns. But uh, Slim Pickens, like he's telling him, like, oh, how do we get these people out of Rock Ridge? And Slim Pickens is like, oh, we'll give him a number six. Um, and it alarmed me at first because he's like, we go in there a whopping and a whooping and beat everybody in the town to an inch of their life. And... Headley goes, oh, even the women? He goes, no, we rape the shit out of them. Which, Whoa. of course, yeah, the, I'm like, huh, uh. I forgot he said that. But then uh, they, they go to the town, and they do a number six. But uh, afterwards, everybody in the town is in the church, and they're like, what do we do? And somebody says, like, they raped all our cattle. So they mess, uh. they're so stupid, they messed up, and they, they didn't touch the women. They raped all the cows. Mm. Slightly better. Slightly. <laughs> Slightly better. The the cows are like a kind of an ever present uh, figure in this movie. I don't know. The, like there's just there's cattle that'll run through the church and oh there's just cattle all over the place. Um, so I, I totally forgot that they they messed up and they raped the cattle. Oh my gosh. Um, oh oh yeah and uh, so. They're in this church, and they're trying to figure out what to do, and they realize, like, well, I mean, we've got to get a new sheriff because their sheriff died in the number six. So they're like, oh, well, let's write to the mayor. Have him get us a sheriff. Um, But this is all after, uh, let's see, this is all after Gabby Johnson gives a rousing speech, and Gabby Johnson is the old town drunk that only speaks in, like, redneck gibberish frontier mm-hmm. gibberish is what they call it okay so he's just like a cost flame at 12 darn it and he just like he gives this rousing speech that i can, we can't understand as a viewer but the town of course and something i didn't realize when i was a kid everybody's named johnson 
Really? Which I th- I'm assuming means inbreeding. I think that's the joke is they're all oh. inbred. Later in the movie, they talk about how they're all kind of backwards, dumb hicks. Uh-huh. You know, and that's, they explain why they are racist towards this uh, new sheriff that comes in. So they say, we need a new sheriff. And so they write the mayor. Mm-hmm. And the mayor, uh, he's kind of being told by Headley what to do, Headley mm-hmm. Lamar. And so he convinces um, Mel Brooks, playing the mayor, to hire this uh, black man mm-hmm. to be the sheriff because he's like, oh, you'll be seen as like the new Abraham Lincoln or something like that. Okay. But really, he just wants to get the sheriff in there because he knows the town will run them out because mm-hmm. it's like the 1870s or 1880s or whatever. Like, okay. They're all racist. So, yeah. um, so they hire this sheriff. He comes riding into town. Um, I'm going to skip past the bits because they're all, I mean, for me, again, this movie is nostalgia. And I think nostalgia is bad. I'm going to have to do a lot of editing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to compose my thoughts. But, uh, yeah, this this movie, like, I laugh at just the dumbest jokes. Mm-hmm. Like, I think you saw me laughing. You're like, oh, were you laughing at Cash in the movie? I was like, oh, it's the movie. It's, it's, yeah, funny. Yeah. it's funny to me because I grew up with it. But um, so the new sheriff comes into town. And, of course, the town doesn't receive him well. Mm-hmm. Um, but something I really like about the character of Sheriff Bart is he's just Bugs Bunny. Yeah. He's Bugs I've, Bunny I've, as a black man. And it's. Well, I only noticed that with one scene. Oh, the uh, the candy gram scene? Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean. And, and I like something I didn't pick up on. It's after that scene. Um, he goes like, uh, you know, the, the hardest thing was inventing the candy gram. I'm probably not even going to get any recognition for that. Mm-hmm. It's like, shit, I never, I never heard that joke when I was a kid. Hmm. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's fun because it alternates between a bunch of men around a campfire burping and farting right. for a solid 15 seconds. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, It'll get into some topical humor of the time. Uh, I think some, I don't know, there's some smart stuff, but honestly, I like, I, I don't think Mel Brooks ever tried to be smart. I think he just wanted to make people laugh. Yeah. And that's something that I really respect about his work as he's not trying to, you know, give you like a, <laughs> oh, I get it. That's funny. I yeah. like it. So I get it. And it's, it's just like, yeah, he makes fart jokes and. Um, so in the seventies, so mm-hmm. just watching the, the last little bit of it with you, cause I had never seen it before. Um, there's a lot of N words mm-hmm. and a hard F at the end there. Yeah. And um, so yeah, there's, and was that normal? Like back in the seventies, like was, was that, that considered normal? Like, I don't think it was abnormal. I mean, the other night I walked in and you were watching 16 candles. Yeah. And Sorry, I don't mean to point at you like you did it, but <laughs> I, I just, uh, yeah. There was a scene where uh, the main redhead kid and his two kind of lackeys, yeah. one of them being John Cusack, they're about to go into a party, and he tells them, stop being a couple of hard Fs. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, the hard F, I mean, it wasn't abnormal back then. It wasn't abnormal even in the early 2000s and in Fast and Furious. But then the N-word was used quite a few so times. So that one was interesting. I did a little bit of research on that because, okay. yeah, watching this movie, like, from the get-go, they throw out N-word all the time. They also say the word chink 
um, because okay. it the, because these people are working on the railroads, and of course it's it's black men and it's uh, Asian men, which okay. is mm-hmm. historically accurate. Um, so something I thought that was interesting. I don't think this or maybe shock value. No, not really. I think it. I think Mel Brooks knew that that's how people would talk about this black man in this situation and the the situation of this black man being sheriff. I mean, it's funny, mm-hmm. but you understand that especially the bad guys, but also these kind the town of folk. yeah, the, these uh, uneducated backwards people like mm-hmm. they that's how they would talk. Uh, so something that was interesting is I guess Mel Brooks was talking to the guy that wrote the story and that this isn't great, but I do think it shows that Mel Brooks like gave a shit. Okay. He cared. So he's like, you know, there's gonna be a lot of N words in this mm-hmm. because it's these it's these people and that's how they're gonna talk about the sheriff. So he called Richard Pryor, a buddy of his. Okay. Um and he's like, Hey, I, I need you to read over this script. Uh please do me a favor. Like, what do you think? And Richard Pryor's like, Yeah, it's great. Because mm-hmm. We're using the N word a lot. He goes, yeah, the bad guys are using the N word in the in the backwards times folk. It's it's real. It's how they would talk. Um, and I guess they brought Richard Pryor on to consult on it, write a little bit of it. I think mostly in the screenwriting process. Uh-huh. And I mean that is not to say that Richard Pryor speaks for the black population, right? But I do think it's a good gesture. Yeah. From, you know, I guess, yeah. Again, from me being nostalgic and loving this movie. Right. And being a, a white dude, I like, I can't speak to it. Just hearing that story, it's like, that's cool. But also, uh, so something I wanted to look into is I wanted to look at just kind of what the, what the internet was saying. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the first page of Google saying? And uh, there was some really interesting stuff. I'm interested. Yeah, so apparently uh, this movie, Blazing Saddles, is now on HBO Max, and I guess so is Gone with the Wind. But apparently Gone with the Wind, or maybe they they took Gone with the Wind off. Um, For any specific reason, or? Yeah, so it was... uh, um, just a this this is from distractify.com is blazing saddles racist why isn't gone with the wind and just the first uh, line that they have here is gone with the wind may have been pulled off HBO Max but will blazing saddles have a similar fate uh, some are saying both are racist films uh, but I guess the idea I've never seen gone with the wind so I, I can't sp- either, I can't yeah. speak to this but apparently their portrayal of slaves is detrimental not good Uh um whereas i feel in this movie the the black uh actors and the black characters they're never they're They're never like actively shown negatively i guess no they're always shown in a in a positive light uh i'm trying to think if there's any like broad stereotypes with the black men and not really they just kind of clown on the on the, on the white guys, on the people like driving, you know, all the work done on the railroad. Um, of course, there are other broad stereotypes in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there's a scene where they're gathered. The bad guys are gathering all these kind of mercenaries to help them storm the town and kill everybody. Right. And they're doing a panning shot from right to left. 
and it just shows all these kind of cow pokes and then it shows these like german soldiers like mm-hmm. it's trying to be it's being funny like there's some biker guys but like, they only they have the here? handlebars yeah. yeah but then it goes to some uh kind of banditos and it starts mm-hmm. playing a mexican hat dance song you know da 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 it's like right. oh, okay that's oh it is what it is it's not great but then it also shows like uh middle eastern people and it plays like uh arabian nights kind of song uh-huh i mean that's not great, but it's not, you know, it's not like, they're like, oh, what are you eating? Sopa pee? I don't know. Like, it, right. it, 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 it's it's pretty surface level. They're not main characters. But, uh, yeah. Uh, and there's some other stuff, I guess. Uh, oh, according to therap.com, Blazing Saddles gets intro disclaimer for racist context on uh, HBO Max. Mm-hmm. So there's a disclaimer. I know... Disney has done that with a lot of their stuff, like especially the older cartoons, oh, like yeah. you know when uh, would would that be Donald Duck? That's Donald Duck, isn't it? Um, I, I get Donald and Daffy confused. Daffy is the uh, with Bugs Bunny. Okay, so it's Donald Duck. When Donald Duck is like fighting uh, Japanese soldiers in mm-hmm. World War Two, I believe they use the word Japs, and they're they're oh. represented very racist. Okay, uh, you know from from a modern viewpoint yes so i don't mind that they put in a disclaimer saying hey this is gonna have some racist imagery that was appropriate at the time but it's not i honestly i think that's great for kids to understand that uh you know this stuff uh was okay in the time and Mm -hmm. and now it's not society has changed society is always going to change and i think it's good to give kids an idea of how it changes why Mm -hmm. it changes um and uh, one by telegraph.co.uk, Blazing Saddles doesn't need, quote, proper social context. Um, oh, is this the one? Oh, this one's. Oh, no, it's further down. This one is filled with so much hatred and vitriol. <laughs> but I, uh, maybe not the way you think. So this okay. is from thecritic.co.uk. The headline is Disclaimer. Mel Brooks is canceled. Oh, boy. And then the subtitle, HBO attempts to protect snowflakes from blazing saddles. (laughs) I got to read one line. Um, It seems like only yesterday that HBO Max, the financially troubled American television network's new film streaming service, signaled its virtue. Oh, boy. Mm -hmm. Signaled its virtue by removing Gone with the Wind from viewing so that the classic film could be properly contextualized, in quotes, contextualized. As what presenter and University of Chicago film professor Jacqueline Stewart calls a prime text for examining expressions of white supremacy in popular culture. Uh, that was, end quote. Uh, she believes this is useful for the quote unquote re education of audiences who might otherwise stray into thought crime. He is using so many, like, uh, hard right wing terms mm-hmm. for describing peop- like liberal people. It's like, oh, it's a thought crime and these snowflakes. It was just, I saw it. I was like, oh, my God. Like that's, Went hard on that one, huh? It's so grumpy <laughs> like over a disclaimer. or, um, And there was a, oh, yeah. And then the, the headline right below it from Salon.com. Uh, no, the left isn't canceling blazing saddles. But the right, oh, but the right wants you to believe that. 
Salon is a very left-leaning uh, news outlet. Okay. I don't know how reputable they are. I think they kind of get into more of the gospel side okay. of, of liberal stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, something I really liked was uh, uh, <laughs> uh, the AV Club. This is a very AV Club headline. Is Blazing Saddles, Clowns on Westerns and Racists. Uh, it's like, I don't think that's wrong. I mean, I do think that the movie overall uh, paints the the black protagonists and the black characters in a, you know, the, they're just people getting by. Um, and, of course, the main character is, is smooth and cool and fun. And, of course, Gene Wilder is incredible. Mm-hmm. It's just... Like, the only people that are using racial epithets are, again, bad guys, you know, deplorable guys who hit women and rape cattle, um, and uh, then the, the backwards town f- people who then learn that, you know, the sheriff is a great guy, and then they also, they work with uh, the, the black uh, railroad workers and the Asian railroad workers, and mm-hmm. they all come together, and like it's it's nice it doesn't dive deep into race relations which right. that's not what this movie should be i don't think anybody's saying like oh blazing saddles doesn't dig deep enough into you know impact of race relations in 1970s like that's not what that's that's not where you should be looking blazing saddles is not where you should be looking for that kind of information mm-hmm. something that i thought i think this is funny let's I, hear it so there's the scene towards the end where the white townspeople decide they can work with the black and Asian railroad workers. And basically they're going to help to set up this, uh, fake town, this basically. fake town. Yeah. Just a bunch of standees like it would be in a Hollywood set. And so the I, kind of the de facto leader of this town, he says, okay, we'll work with the N words and the chinks, mm-hmm. but no Irish. And everybody's like, yeah, absolutely. No Irish. <laughs> I still think it's funny to make fun of the Irish. I guess is what's, that bad? <laughs> like, I guess what's the, what's the punchline in the, in like Irish jokes and stuff? Well, the I, I mean, don't really hear them very often. Yeah, I mean they're they're not popular. I think that's why because it's such, it's no longer really uh, uh, relevant. Like, like just nobody makes fun of them anymore, sort of thing, or more or less. I mean, you can make this drunk irishman joke but that's all hack and crappy anyways Mm -hmm. um i just think it's 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 kind of dumb fun comedy because like uh, uh, i don't know obviously irish culture is uh beautiful and uh it's just the idea that when they came over in the uh you know 16 1700s uh they they were seen as outcasts and pariahs much like Mm-hmm. Black people and Asian people, anybody that wasn't a wasp, a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, mm-hmm. you know, they were seen as the bad guys. And the uh, Irish people, uh, they were Catholic. Okay. And so that was bad. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's similar to uh, Jews when they came over. Granted, unfortunately, Jewish stereotypes are still used to justify violence against Jewish people. Um, so that's... That's not funny. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I I don't know. I I could see it as harmless, but of course, if anybody really feels that you know they are hurt if they are an Irish person or anything like that, and they get you know that kind of humor is used, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want anybody's. You know, I I truly think it's important that 
people you don't try to hurt people's feelings yeah absolutely but uh i don't know it felt kind of maybe it was a comment on like how stupid racism is or Mm. maybe it's the idea that you're always going to find somebody to not like or at Mm. least these white characters who are again backwards minded and simple right they're like well they got to have somebody to hate so i guess the irish now Mm-hmm. I don't know. That could be breaking it down too much, but I, I, I don't know. I got a little bit of a chuckle out of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I did want to talk about, uh, oh gosh, was it Cleavon? Uh, so Cleavon Little mm-hmm. played uh, Sheriff Bart. He did a real good job. He's great. Um, yeah, he was a, uh, an actor in film and TV, uh, but also on the stage. Um, I watched a, a very brief interview with him uh-huh. that was done in the 70s. He was doing a uh, Broadway performance. Okay. I don't remember the name of the play. It wasn't It wasn't a musical, so I don't know anything about <laughs> non-musical <laughs> Broadway. Um, but uh, it was a really interesting interview. The first, it was only like eight minutes long, mm-hmm. but the first couple of minutes were him talking about his current role and... Uh, just talked about how he kind of got to sink his teeth into it and how he felt at home on the stage. That's really where his heart was. And then he he talked about Blazing Saddles because the, inter- the interviewer's like, Blazing Saddles was like your biggest role. Can you talk to me about that? Mm-hmm. And he just talked about like, you know, I was he was doing this uh, show and the show was really intense. Like he would have to learn 15 pages a day sometimes. Oh, wow. Um, and doing this show. And then he got Blazing Saddles, and he said, like, he he didn't really feel like he got to explore the character, to to bring what he wanted to the character. Sounds like kind of Mel Brooks just had an idea of what the character is, and so he kind of did it. And the interviewer was like, well, did Mel Brooks, like, not let you explore the character or anything? He's, he said, I, I don't think I was mature enough to ask, mm. you know, to say, like, hey, I really want to, how old was he when he was in Bleeding Saddles? I don't know. He looked like late 20s, early 30s. Okay. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he talked about that. It didn't sound like he had a bad experience. It just felt... It, he talked about how it wasn't fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it didn't, It you know, it didn't make him feel good. It was just like, here's the lines, do the lines, moving on. Yeah. You know, whereas in this on the stage, he gets to explore the character because... They're doing it night after night, so he right. gets to find new ways to bring life and depth to this character, uh, which I thought was... And probably gets to know his character a little bit more, too. Oh, 100%. Night. Yeah. Um, I mean, I imagine if you're doing maybe a couple shows a day, one on Sundays, many on the Sundays or mm-hmm. whatever, just to keep yourself from going crazy, you got to like, yeah, you know, find new ways to say the lines. And what does that say about your character? Mm-hmm. I'm not an actor, but... <laughs> That seems like what acting is to me. Right, right. Uh, yeah. And uh, he then talked about after Blazing Saddles, he didn't get a role for three years. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. yeah. And the, the interviewer asked, like, why is that? He goes, well, he's like, I have some theories. And I think the, the easiest one is, you know, because I'm black, but I don't want to. He's like, that's a little too easy. And I don't want to lean on that because that's such a pessimistic view. Because if that's correct, then I might as well hang all this up. Mm-hmm. Like, I might as well, you know, just go home. Right. If, you know, if that's the case, but he then talked about uh, underrepresentation of uh, black people in cinema and TV. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this was, uh, again, 70s, maybe 80s. 
by the time that he he passed away in 1992 okay from i believe stomach cancer oh wow yeah but yeah he just talked about underrepresentation and he basically said um you got eddie murphy Mm -hmm. uh bill cosby and richard pryor Mm -hmm. and and you know the the similarity is they are all black comedians you know, and he's like, they're they're good actors, they're fine actors, but they're not actors. They're comedians first, and then they they, they act. act as well, right? Yeah, and I, I thought that was super interesting. And I, you know, I think back to when I was a kid watching films that came out before I was born or around the same time I was born, and yeah, I mean, a lot of times black actors were used as comedy relief. Yeah, you know, or or just, you know, yeah. Eddie Murphy got starring roles and Richard Pryor. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't around for the time of Sidney Poitier, but um, uh, Cleavon kind of talked about how black actors aren't picked for roles because they're good. They're picked for roles because it requires a black actor. Hmm. And, you know, he... And I, I, I do think we're... We're getting away from that a little bit, maybe not as much as yeah, I not mean, as much as we should. Because I, I mean, it's I can't really think of too many times where there's a movie, and there just happens to be a black man in the role, and you know maybe his 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 wife could be black or white or whatever. But right. uh, especially uh, um, uh, relationships between black men and black women, or or mm-hmm. black men and uh, white men. It's not really explored unless it's like an A24 film or something super indie. Like, mm-hmm. it's not something that you see in major roles. And, you know, the interviewer asked him, like, you know, why why don't you think that black actors are getting these roles? And he's like, well, it's just, it's producers. They're scared. Mm-hmm. You know, they invest all this money in it and they've got to make a return. They've got to make a certain quota. Like, you know, if a Disney movie doesn't net... Uh, one billion you know say it makes 900 million Mm -hmm. that's a loss that's crazy it's insane it's stupid that's so crazy and yeah it just there's not this mentality of oh god what do they say in real estate all the time growth mentality abundance Mm -hmm. and a mentality of abundance Mm -hmm. it is you've got to make x billions of dollars with this big budget movie right or else you know you're gone you're done you're done at Disney or you're done at Warner Brothers or whatever. So, so um, he, he thinks that, yeah, they're basically scared to take a risk. A hundred percent. A yeah. black man or woman. And yeah, they've got to hit those four quadrants. They've got to hit the, the young boys and they've got to hit the, the teens and they've got to hit the, the men age 18 to 30. And right. then, but you've got to also hit, uh, there, there's these certain demographics that they can get the most money from. Uh, I've, I've heard it talked about four quadrant films. Mm-hmm. specific quadrants of people that you want to make sure you're pleasing because they have the money that they're going to give you. Mm-hmm. And they just don't think that that, that black men and women, you know, fit in those quadrants, which is wrong. I mean, especially nowadays. Yeah. Jordan Peele proved that Absolutely. that is incorrect. It was a, uh, uh get out mm-hmm. horror film. Yeah. You know, critics don't give a shit about horror films. Producers don't think they make money. Uh, black actor in the main leading role, you know, with a, a white significant other. I'm, it's, it's, I think it's a miracle that movie got made. Mm-hmm. But then it went on to make 
hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. Because it's incredible. And and Cleavon said it himself, and he said it so well. He's like, people don't care if it's a black actor up there. They want to see talent. Yeah. They want to see somebody that's good. Mm-hmm. And it's so stupid. Like Maybe like directors and producers, because <sighs> they know the national demographic is primarily white, that they're like, oh, well, we want no. our... Uh, they're th- all they're doing is playing numbers games right and yeah. they're like well you know they got to be able to relate to the the main yeah act, whatever and they assume know. that white people can't relate to a, a black man or woman which is so wrong like Rid- I, ridiculous there's been plenty of, of movies or shows i mean chelsea and okay so my sister chelsea and kayla and i uh were facetiming earlier and we were talking about shows that we grew up watching i don't know about you honey but i grew up watching basically all like uh black actors yeah you guys watch a ton of live in fresh living prince color, of bel-air yep. in yep. living color sister sister the wayans brothers like yep. you name it we're watching it all the time yeah all the time yeah i mean we've both been listening to rap since we were young kids and i've never you can say like yeah i get it but maybe you don't even if i don't totally relate to a young black man growing up on you know, the streets of Compton and how tough that is, there is a universality that, of course... You were, you relate y- you with relationships that they've had yeah. with their friends or their family. 100%. And it doesn't matter the color, you know? Yeah. Like, everybody, we're all more alike than we think. Yeah. And I think by putting people of color in those positions as opposed to white people in these movies and these shows just yeah. helps to open up the eyes of more maybe naive white people a well-written story is universal you know yeah yeah doesn't matter um let the story paint your the picture to the community not yeah. necessarily the the actors you know yeah there, there's there's always if it's written well enough then you can relate to the character even if you can't relate immediately like mm-hmm. we are empathetic creatures you know most of us there's some sociopaths out there but yeah it's i i thought his I thought how he talked about uh, his struggles in Hollywood were super interesting. He did. He went on to have kind of smaller roles here and there. He still worked uh, Broadway, TV, stuff like that before he passed in 92. But uh, I would have loved to see that guy in some more stuff. And I want to I want to chase down some of his work, see if I can find some of uh, maybe the TV shows he were on. He was on things like that because. Because, yeah, especially him talking about he didn't really get to explore the character of Sheriff Bart like he wanted to makes me want to see characters that he got to explore. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So, yeah, that's about what I got. Nice. Yeah it's, yeah. it's cool to go back to that movie and maybe feel a little conflicted about it because of the amount of language. Right. Um, racial epithets, but also being able to kind of talk to myself about it. And, you know, I, I enjoy hearing what other people have to say. So that's why I went to Google. I'm like, yeah, what are other people talking about? Well, I, I think when you watch a movie um, like that, so, you know, where you've seen it when you were a kid, you didn't think anything of it. You just thought that was like probably a normal thing to say, right? And yeah. then you, you watch it now. And at least for me, when I was watching it and I would hear the N word or the F word, it's like, it kind of was like, ooh, like it kind of got a little in my heart of hearing those those words. And I think that's a good thing. Like if you can recognize yeah. like, Ooh, that's, that, that wasn't, I didn't like that. Yeah. You know, then that kind of shows you like you're in a good place to, you know, that we're progressing. I think it shows. Yeah. I, I feel like it shows growth as a human being. 
Right. I mean, when like when I was a kid in History of the World Part One, another mm-hmm. movie made by Mel Brooks, um, there's a scene where uh, I think it's Augustus Caesar, played by a famous comedian that I of course cannot Dom DeLuise. Ooh, I pulled it. I believe he's played by Dom DeLuise, and he kind of falls over. And he looks up at his his kind of right hand man, who is a flamboyantly gay person, because that's the only type of gay they ever had, especially in Mel Brooks films. You were either flamboyant or you were straight. Okay. Um, but he looks up after he falls over. He goes, "Okay, faggot, what's next?" Oh and I gosh. used to laugh like crazy. And now you just look at that. You're like, I get that he's going for a joke, but right. you know, that's that's not language I use anymore. That's mm-hmm. that's not. It, a person's sexual orientation is no longer a punchline to me, you know? Right, right. It's, it, it was, and you, I think you can separate yourself and say, I don't really find that funny now, but I can understand the context of when this movie was written, released, mm-hmm. that was a punchline. Right. And it's okay, like, you know, if, if you can understand the distinction. Right. You know. But just don't use it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think that it's... Uh... And, appropriate or, yeah you know. and i don't want to really hide any media from uh our son besides annoying orange he was watching that a little bit and that is bad Ooh, i do not like no annoying orange. but I, I don't want to hide anything from cashman gets older I, th- I think it is just a matter of talking to him being like yeah this was made in 1982 mm-hmm. you know and the idea of eddie murphy you know he's a uh, I can't remember any scenes from like Beverly Hills Cops. Uh, Beverly, God, where, where now I'm what? Beverly Hills Cops like um, Russian. I don't know. God, <laughs> I think I'm tired. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't think anything should be really banned necessarily just given the proper context so you understand the time. Uh, the voice of the person you know that's either written those words or saying those words Mm -hmm. you know whether it's good or bad just understanding it yeah yeah and you know yeah just knowing the the reasons why you wouldn't use that in today or you know yeah yeah absolutely but uh yeah we'll we'll have cash watch uh blazing saddles and then we'll immediately talk to him about uh stonewall (laughs) and how these these repressed gay people were tired of getting messed with and then they fought back Real hard. And that's why we don't say the if. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I chose my book that I've been reading, Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man nice. by Emmanuel Acho. Um, so if if anybody doesn't know, he also has a YouTube channel, Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man, where he invites celebrities up to talk about, well, and, and like police officers and whoever else mm. is, mm-hmm. is open to d- have an uncomfortable discussion. Um, and so I think he's had like, Joanna and what what's his name Gaines? Um, oh, Chip. Chip, yeah. He said you. Chip and Joanne. Chip and Joanne and their kids were on there for an episode. Fascinating. Yeah, he had. I think Matthew McConaughey was probably one of the first ones I saw. Yeah. Um, I think he had a police department, maybe of the uh, New York or something, mm. on there. Mm-hmm. Um, just to have an open conversation. Cool. And so I really enjoy it. So if you don't like to read or you don't have the time to read, you know, watch his YouTube channel because mm. he's he's awesome. I feel like. The way that he can explain things, it's never comes from um, a negative space. Yeah, it's always wanting to encourage you to learn mm-hmm. and to not be afraid to ask these questions, right? Yeah. So um, I'm about, oh, gosh, it's only like a couple hundred pages long, and I think I'm over halfway through it. But uh, 
I really love his writing and let me get to my notes here. So, um, okay. I wrote a lot of notes. Here we go. So obviously it's very important to, you know, why we kind of did black history month for February is that we think it's very um, important to educate yourself. Absolutely. When it comes to the black culture and the oppression of the black community, um, to further, hopefully, everybody's knowledge along yeah. and, and we can all grow from it so and i don't think there was any doubt of this when we started but you know this further solidified us understanding that we don't have a great depth of knowledge when it comes to black culture and history mm-hmm. generally speaking we've got a ton to learn yeah and it's really cool i mean in this book he touches base on a lot of different subjects i mean he talks about like uh white privilege and growing up in a, a black family and you know mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. stereotypes and uh, he talks about, like, there's no such thing as reverse racism. Um, mm-hmm. So this is a, a quote from him. So no such thing as reverse racism. If you want to oppress someone, you're going to need power over them as a group. And no group holds it over white people. Mm-hmm. So when people, you know, basically say, well, can't somebody be racist against white? No. <laughs> yeah. As a whole, no. You know. Yeah. I, I've, I've heard that explanation uh, from other sources as well. Is it, it is the idea of the oppressor and the oppressee. Yeah. You know, I mean, just to give you an idea, uh, white people are 59.7% of the population and black community is 13.4%. Is that right? That's what he put. Wow. Yeah. Um, and he said, you know, white and black are not equal in this country. If someone, if someone were to ask you, would you trade places with a black person? Would you say yes or no? I feel like most white people would be like, no. Because you understand that they have a harder time with opportunity, yeah. with employment, with housing. I mean, you name it. Mm-hmm. There's going to be something like, I don't know anybody that would be like, oh, yeah, you know, volunteer. I'll go ahead and trade places because I don't think it's a big deal. Right. Like you subconsciously know whether you're you're actively talking about it or not mm-hmm. that, you know, they're being oppressed, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, he, oh, he talks about, you know those um who say you know all lives matter Mm. he's like our point is not that we don't we don't not disagree with you yeah Yeah. um of course all lives matter but you're missing the point you know when we say black lives matter that just (laughs) means that you know i wish i would have wrote it down word for word that he said because it was so good um actually i think i I, hang on one second because i want to read it it's I've heard it explained really well as a matter of focus. It's somebody made the analogy of save the rainforest. That doesn't mean that every other forest should get burned down. It's that the rainforest needs uh, focus right now. But I think you found it, so I would I love did. to hear his words. Yeah, he says, uh, so if you say, no, all lives matter, what I would say is I believe that you believe all lives matter. Mm-hmm. But because I live the life that I live, I am certain that in this country, all lives don't matter. I know for a fact that based on the numbers, my life hasn't mattered, that black women's lives definitely haven't mattered, mm. that black trans lives haven't mattered, mm. that gay or black gay people's lives haven't mattered, mm-hmm. that immigrants' lives don't matter, that Muslim lives don't matter, the indigenous people of this country lives have never mattered. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can go on and on and on. Uh, he says, so when we say all lives, are we talking about white lives? And if so, then let's just say that because it's coded language. Right. And... I think, you know, in my opinion, when you say all lives matter, 
you do miss the point and you're you're basically that's a, just another nudge of oppression because you're not willing to say that black lives have less overall yeah and that you have a white privilege and i do think that it's politicized which is uh again missing the point of mm-hmm. you know whether it's right wing left wing doesn't matter just the uh, the black lives matter you know i of course i can't say it any better than he did but uh but yeah like I, I mean, we saw it with uh, the storming of the Capitol. You know, it mm-hmm. was a ton of white people got into the U.S. Capitol. They stormed our nation's capital. Mm-hmm. If it was a large group of, of black people, they... There'd be a lot more just dead wouldn't people. Got, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There was pictures of, you know, when there was rioting going on in D.C. during the Black Lives Matter movement and just lined with uh, cops and, and um, uh, military mm-hmm. personnel, you know. But when it was a bunch of white people. Right. Yeah. Um, He says that America is rigged and denied opportunities to black communities. Mm -hmm. And he kind of gives examples. He says uh, there were seven states between the 1890s and the early 1900s um, that statutes that allowed. Wait, 1900s passed statutes that allowed any person who's been granted the right to vote before 1867 to continue voting without the need of a literacy test owning property or paying a poll tax so they were basically they called this the grandfather clauses because Mm -hmm. white men were literally grandfathered in Mm -hmm. they knew former enslaved people didn't have the money to pay for to vote Mm -hmm. they didn't have access to um learn to read or write and you know basically the, the cards were stacked against them yeah another example would be in 2016 crystal mason didn't read the fine print when voting that said um and quotes it uh, at the very bottom of my print was, I understand that it is a felony of the second degree to vote in an election, which I know I am not eligible. Because she was formally incarcerated, mm. um, she was charged and spent five years in prison for overlooking the fine print because she ended up voting not realizing, right? Damn. Meanwhile, that same year, the judge named Russ Casey pleaded guilty to turning in fake signatures to secure place on a Texas primary ballot. And for his guilty plea, the Texas courts sentenced him to two years in jail, then commuted his two-year prison sentence to a five-year sentence of probation. Mm -hmm. So he did the same thing, premeditated, and because he was white, he got off a lot easier than Crystal, who is a black woman who did something unknowingly. Yeah, I mean, that seems to be a common narrative even to this day. If Mm -hmm. If a black person does something, it's because they had malintent but if a white person does something wrong, um, they made a mistake and they've right. got a bright future ahead of them. Like that, uh, there was a What's kid, uh, some swimmer uh, yeah. years ago from Duke that raped a girl mm-hmm. and the judge wouldn't, you know, throw the book at him, just gave him like probation because he had such a bright future ahead of him. That's if it was a black, if it was a young black man, he no, he doesn't have a bright extent. future ahead of him. He mm-hmm. raped this woman and he's going to jail forever. Yeah. Well, and I, I was curious because the whole voting thing got me thinking. So if they have a good system in place to catch votes that don't count, right? Mm-hmm. Like they were able to catch like this person was incarcerated, so her vote doesn't count and she has to be tried or whatever. Yeah. Um, so why is it a big deal if someone put in a vote when they shouldn't? Because to me, 
Okay, so say say you're her. You put it in, you miss the fine print, or there's some reason why you can't vote and you don't realize this. You vote anyways. Why wouldn't they just not count that vote and move on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not reprimand somebody who voted if they weren't eligible to vote in the first place. Right. Like, I don't understand why it's made such a huge deal if we have something in place to catch that and to be yeah. like, oh, that one's not going to be counted. Yeah. You know, they, they do that for signatures. If you don't have the right signature on there, they don't count it. But do you get... Yeah, it's counted as voter fraud for some reason just because the person made a mistake, you know? Like, I don't... Yeah. I don't know. Um, And, you know, he talks about cultural... Cult- cultural appropriation Mm -hmm. uh so for example he says you know there was a time where kim kardashian had made like an instagram post and she was saying that she was so excited about her beau Derek braids Mm. and she got a lot of flack from the internet from that um because he said she didn't necessarily give credit where credit is due right had she said oh i'm excited to try out these fulani braids which is what they actually are Mm. um, which are styles of the fulani people of west africa um, instead of giving credit to a white woman. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of salting the wound. So he says, a good way to think of culture appropriation is plagiarism. Plagiarism mm-hmm. is not only considered wrong, but it's stealing from somebody. So if you are going to borrow influences from the black culture, you better cite your sources and educate yourself about the history of it. Yeah. So he's, he's saying like, it's not necessarily wrong if you love something from black culture that you, you know, like... <laughs> My sister used to wear baggy clothes because that was like the hip hop yeah, yeah. style. Yep. And she loved that. I mean, mm. her, her biggest hero was Aaliyah. So she right. dressed like Aaliyah, right? right. Um, so he said, as long as you understand and you, you give credit where credit is due, mm. as opposed to giving credit to, again, the <laughs> white person, yeah, you know, or claiming it as your own. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I do understand she probably just went shorthand and she's like, Oh, who is that lady in uh ten? I believe that's the movie where she wore the braids. Oh, Bo Derek. So I'll I'll cite right. Bo Derek. Uh, you know, I mean I don't know that she meant anything malicious by it, but also that doesn't really matter. No, and I, you I know, think you it's, know it's it's just raising cultural awareness. Exactly. You know, yeah, absolutely. You know, so it's like if you are getting called out in something like that instead of being defensive, which mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the population would be. Yeah. Um just be like, oh Okay, I didn't know. Yeah. All right, I'm going to change that going further. Yeah, I don't understand, especially in celebrity. I mean, this is not to say all celebrities, but I feel like in celebrity there is, there's not a lot of, oh, man, I totally messed that up. Thank you so much for, hey, I learned. Yeah. You know, you taught me something. I should have known better. I didn't. Now I do. Right. Thank you so much. Moving forward. Maybe there is more of that than I know of. I don't really keep up with, celebrity kind of gossipy stuff but maybe because you know with celebrities there's just a lot of like pride yeah i I, and they just can't the the lady that was in oh 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 the virgin virgin mary or something what was that the show about a woman she's like a virgin but she accidentally got inseminated at a doctor's office uh, American Virgin? No. Uh, what was that show called? I don't remember, but I know the, what show you're talking about. The lead about. was also in another thing. I'm not going to remember <laughs> the title of. I am so sorry, guys. Um, oh, geez. God, if I could remember one thing, uh, that would feel so good right now. I don't, mm. Do you remember the sci-fi horror movie starring Natalie Portman? 
where it's a group of women soldiers who go into like this yes. kind of void thing. Yep. Do you remember the title? No. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're bad at this. Anyways, uh, so this, this she is a Latinx actor. I don't know mm-hmm. exactly where from, but apparently uh, on TikTok or something or Snapchat, she was singing along to some rap lyrics and she... She said the N word mm-hmm. and caught a lot of flack for that, uh, reasonably so. Right. Um, I think she kind of came out and apologized about it, and but that one's also kind of like really. You, sh- you, you thought that maybe you'd get away yeah. with saying the the N word, like yeah. Um, that was just one that I heard about recently that I was really bummed out about because I like that actor mm-hmm. and I hope she keeps acting. I think I do think that people can make mistakes and come back from them. Right. Not all mistakes are created equal. Army right. Hammer wanting to eat people or whatever. Oh, gosh. Have you heard about Army Hammer? No. It's weird shit going on with Army Hammer. Uh, do I want to know? Uh, well, yes. Okay. I'd say Let's, yes. We'll talk after the podcast. Educate yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, uh, Another instance was uh, actually I watched a, a TikTok video where um, basically so there was a a blonde white girl um, posting how her boyfriend wouldn't take her to see his family um, because he didn't think that they would like her and she called them dreadlocks. Mm. And there's this thing where you can stitch a video. So you play the beginning of one video and then you can come in and like comment on it or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so then a woman, a black woman stitched it and said that technically white women with that hairstyle is technically called matlocks. Um, apparently it came from our Scandinavian an- ancestors. Hmm. She's like, so um, where they wore braids and in battle, the extra hair would mat around them. So they would call okay. them matlocks. So like Viking kind of style stuff. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So okay. she's like, this isn't to, you know, knock her for having that hairstyle. Just, you know, call them what they are. Yeah. You know, which absolutely. are matlocks and then, you know, dreadlocks belong to the black community. Wild, yeah. And I'm like, I had no idea. Yeah. You just always thought dreadlocks, right? Right. Um, but yeah, he also mentions how long black people have been demeaned in America and how their speech, bodies, skin color, and culture has seen has been seen as lesser than. Mm-hmm. Um, so now imagine how hurtful it would be to have the same characteristics taken on by white people and celebrated as their own. Yeah. So example, Kim Kardashian again with her big booty, you know, girls getting, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone's loving that and and getting implants or whatever. Yeah. Um, They start getting tanned for darker skin. They're starting to draw in plumper lips. Mm. You know what I mean? Like things that would necessarily be quote unquote frowned upon back in yeah, like, you know. yeah, especially during Bridgerton times. Right. Whatever, yeah. <laughs> um, are now getting celebrated because it's like white people doing it's it. It's in. Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah. To to quote, get out. Uh, black is fashionable. Or par- paraphrase. Like black, oh, yeah. black is so in right now. One of the old white people. Like, yeah. And like I, and I think you know that would hurt. I think because it's like you're say for instance you know you're a black young girl mm. and you get made fun of because you go to an all white school. The girls start making fun of because you're curvier Yeah. or, you know, yeah. um, your hair is curly or whatever it might be. And yeah. then all of a sudden these white girls are doing it yep. and you're like, what the hell? Yeah. You know, like I, yeah. I couldn't imagine what that feels like. So, um, and then he of course talks about white privilege. You know, he sees it as being kind of, and this is actually, I felt like was a really good way to explain it. Um, he says, it's kind of like being on the home team wherever you go. 
you know the fans are going to be cheering you on and that most everyone in the stands want you to win. Mm-hmm. Everyone is ready to give you advice. Everyone likes your uniform. You got the new helmet, the pads, the cleats, all the equipment you need to succeed. You're all set up to win. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the road team has a second hand of everything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, he says white privilege is not being racially profiled. Example would be if you have more of a white sounding name on a job application as opposed to a black sounding name, you're most likely to get a call back and get the job. Right. Um, oh, and uh, <laughs> I wrote this down because it made me think of uh, a story about my dad. So um, I recently just had learned this, but uh, it just made me think like, if my dad was black, how would that have been different? So, mm-hmm. you know, when my youngest sister, Kayla, was about three or four years old, she was attacked by a dog and was rushed to the ER. Right. So the rest of us went to go see Jurassic Park 3, I think. And she was too young, so we didn't want her to go. Mm. So we're rushing to ER, the ER. And my dad was actually um, in his truck, and my mom and us girls were following him. He gets pulled over because he's got a really bad, not a badly tinted, but a really dark tinted window. Yeah. um, Because he only has one eye, and something about the tinted windows helps him see better, I guess. Okay. Um, So he gets pulled over. And he's like, he's already livid that, you know, my grandma's friend's dog had attacked Kayla. Right. And uh, because he knew that that dog was vicious and that he should have been, you know, put down a long time ago, apparently. Hmm. Um, Because he, the dog had actually bit another woman pretty uh, recently. Oh, wow. Before that. And uh, so he's already pissed and he gets pulled over. And the officer, you know, he, he explains to the officer, you know, we're trying to get to the ER. Like, my three-year-old daughter is, like, got attacked in the head. I have no idea what's going on. Like, thinking, like, she could potentially lose her life, you know? Yeah, yeah. And the officer is like, well, your family can go, but you're going to stay. And he's trying to, he's like, I want you to come in my, in the squad car while I write you up a ticket for this window. Huh, okay. And so my dad, <laughs> Chelsea, explained it to me. She's like, so apparently dad was sitting in the cop car, cop, cop car and he was like viciously like shaking his leg and like his hands were shaking mm-hmm. and he's legit yelling at the cop like, are you fucking done yet? Like, wow. like lashing out at the cop Yeah. to where in his words, the cop was like kind of shaking, writing the ticket because he was, I don't know. I don't think he was scared, but yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know my dad. Yeah. Um, so, and I'm just thinking like if, black man had done that and had lashed out at the cop that would have looked a lot different because my dad just got the ticket mm-hmm. and was on his way yeah if a black man did that yeah. automatically i would assume that the the white cop stereotypically would feel threatened yep and do something about it physically yeah right yeah i'm just like wow you know it just it knowing the situations that happen to the black community helps to open your eyes mm-hmm. like just even just thinking about a a white situation and flipping it and being like, what would have happened? Yeah. You know, in that sort of situation. So, I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad that we had this month to talk about, you know, black actors and like socialist or um, not socialists, activists. Yes. Um, You know, people really wanting to make a difference in their community and in the world and and bring light and and education and, you know, to to make change. Mm -hmm. Um, That's why I was really excited to bring on the book and just to kind of touch base on some of the things that he's talking about, because 
I, I do think it's important for everybody to educate themselves, especially if you're white, yeah. because as when I was younger, I was very naive. Yeah, absolutely. This. I think yeah. we had one black kid in my whole school. Granted, it wasn't a very big school, mm. um, but you know, it was just very, so you just, you just didn't know. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm really glad that we chose, you know, black history for, for this month on the podcast because mm. it's important and I hope that everybody can educate themselves and yeah and grow from it you yeah know? and I mean if there's anybody that's listening to this podcast and uh if they disagree with anything that we've said this episode like I mean that's fine everybody can absolutely have their own opinion I would just encourage people to not let their pride get in the way of learning about mm-hmm any culture, any culture whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Like don't, I don't know. I, I can imagine somebody would feel attacked by the idea of the concept. There's the concept of white privilege. Mm -hmm. Like, no, I worked my ass off my entire life. There's no such thing. But I mean, I just, I highly encourage you to not just write it off offhand. Like, and do I think do some where, research. Yeah. yeah. And that's what he was talking about is like all of a sudden the defense mechanism comes up yeah. if you say yeah. anything about white privilege because nobody wants to hear it. It's almost mm-hmm. like, I mean, even if someone says to me, you know, like, oh, you know, you're a, a white blonde lady. And so, of course, you had all these opportunities and you didn't have a hard life like you, you know, mm-hmm. probably had all this. I mean, you and I both grew up pretty poor. Yeah. And so we had, we both got jobs earlier on and had to work through life and, and get to where we are. But just accepting the fact that if I, if my skin color was different, I would not have had those same opportunities yes. to get where I am today. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody's got their own struggles and their own battles to get through. But just the idea that the, the system, you know, surrounding us is set up to give some people the benefit Mm-hmm. Whereas the other, the other people don't receive that benefit. Right. You know, and then of course that can't take into account anything you've been through as a human being, um, positive or negative, but, uh, I don't know. I mean, I just, yeah, it, it's something that I've absolutely enjoyed this month. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I finally got to see Selma mm-hmm. learning about Matsa Musa was cool as hell. Um, yeah. And I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's been, uh, opening, and yeah, I, I'm excited to, I hope you, well, I need to read that book after you're done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like that's something, uh, the little bit uh, that I've seen of, uh, was it aw- not awkward conversations with a Un- black man? Uncomfortable. Thank you. Oh, I was like, awkward doesn't make any sense. <laughs> um, from the little bits I've seen of those YouTube videos, it is truly a conversation. Right. Um, I remember a long time ago, we watched that movie, The Red Pill. I think it was called The Red Pill about like kind of men, men's rights activists and how men are mistreated, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they brought on a feminist to interview. And of course, she was the loudest, meanest, quote unquote, feminist Mm -hmm. that they could find like she was just she was really rude and not you know uh not yes yeah Yeah. and i can understand that some people get really passionate about a cause absolutely Right, right but i i do think that civility needs to come back into the 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 broader conversation uh in this country and i i would hope 
I mean, if anybody wants to holler at us about this stuff and maybe give a different opinion, as long as civility is there, it's it's all good. Like It's fine. As long as you're open to have the conversation without it turning violent or like hate, bringing hate to the table, you know? Yeah, or even just, you know, well, you did this, like, you know, finger pointing. I mean, yeah, of course, the, you know, there's too much violence in this world over just things that could be solved with basic communication. But mm-hmm. yeah, even as little as like, you know, I'm not going to listen to anything you're saying. I'm just going to point out your flaws. Mm-hmm. That's not a conversation. That doesn't lead to any growth. That's somebody trying to say, I win, na-na-na-na, boo-boo. And like, who wants to talk to that person? Mm-hmm. Who wants to talk to anybody that may share a similar opinion to that person? <laughs> Nobody, because they suck. That person <laughs> sucks. Don't be that person. Don't be a Richard. Don't be a Richard. Yeah. Have have meaningful, challenging, at times, conversations with people. Right. You know? Like, don't be afraid to ask. Don't think that somebody wouldn't be receptive to yeah. an uncomfortable question. Yeah. I mean, I was 20, you guys. And I was I was an obnoxious, obnoxious dickhead and had opinions about everything that didn't <laughs> matter. Like, who cares? Like, it's, it's you know, have opinions about things that matter to you and then be willing to discuss those opinions if you want, mm-hmm. you know, and not attack people. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho, that's, yeah. that's kind of what I have for you. <laughs> uh, he did recommend a couple other books if anybody is interested cool. um, to help educate us. is uh, the book by Noel Ignatiev, uh, How the Irish Became White by Noel Ignatiev. Interesting. Uh, and then... Um, White Rage, The Unspoken Truth of Our Racial Divide by Carol Anderson. Mm. So that was a really good book to read yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would start if you want to watching his YouTube channel because I think you'll understand the love that he comes from before you read the book. Because yeah. I think if you read the book without realizing how he says things or you might take it a different way. Mm. You know? Yeah. Um, but he t- he just touches bases touches base on a lot of different topics um that are uncomfortable and you, you may not know about so yeah yeah that's it never sorry, too late for education get, like, yeah political or whatever but uh, yeah this and this one I felt like this was a good end <laughs> to the whole month is, yeah yeah yep and next month we are starting march madness yes yes not the basketball one no just... no the looking into people losing their shit one yeah yeah and, uh, you know, we, we've talked about kind of changing up format. If you've missed an episode or if you just decided to try this podcast out, uh, we're basically just going to assign something to ourselves because mm-hmm. we want we want to talk about things that we're passionate about that we yeah. really enjoy instead of assigning things to the other person that they may or may not really feel that passionate about. Mm-hmm. So looking forward to that. I'm still trying to decide what I want to do for the first week. Yeah, I have. I have no idea. I had. I got kind of an idea. I got some ambitious ideas. Oh boy! I Better mean, start early. I this mean, time. quote unquote ambitious. Uh-huh. Like I'm thinking about watching a season of TV. I'm not inventing <laughs> polio vaccine or something. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Um, but then, yeah, next we get to wa- uh, talk about Wandavision. So if you don't want to stick around and listen to spoilers of the last episode or mm-hmm. the last episode that we watched of Wandavision, mm-hmm. then the pen- we will bid you adieu. Yes. Yes, the penultimate episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so 
Thank you, as always, for listening. We know we got a little preachy on this one, but we just uh, appreciate you listening, you mm-hmm. know, to us to talk at each other. Um, and we're so grateful that our, our cat lived uh. through that that horrific seven-foot fall. <laughs> God bless. Thoughts and prayers mm. to Corbin yeah. on his recovery. Uh, yeah. So thank you all so much. Uh, have a great night, and uh, we're going to fight about this later. <laughs> Okie dokie. All right. One division. Yeah. I like that sign off so far. Yeah. We're going to fight about this later. I feel like you just like to say it. I do. I think it's funny (laughs) because we we rarely ever fight. Yeah, we really And especially like us talking about, I mean, granted this month had an extra weight to it. Yeah. Being Black History Month, but Mm -hmm. other stuff is like fun, silly pop culture stuff. So it's, it's funny to think it's fight about like, you know, Spider Gwen is better than Spider Woman or some shit like that. Uh, so WandaVision. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think of this episode? Um, you know, it was interesting as the episode was going on. It it made me think of um, is it a Christmas story with the three ghosts past present? Uh, Christmas Carol. Christmas Carol. Thank Christmas you. story was the guy that shot BB his gun. eye with the BB gun. That's and, right. Yeah. Uh, it kind of reminded me of that just because there was three different like memories that she took her to. Was I guess she was three. Well, yeah. regardless, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah interesting. But, um, That's yeah, a cool w- connection, right? Yeah. Um, but no, I th- I think uh, it was really fun to get to know uh, Wanda when she was younger because you didn't really know much about her in like the Avenger movies and things like that. Um, yeah. Um, other than just like her and her brother grew up in this. Uh, what Sokovia. Was it yeah. Yeah, a little Sokovian village. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the more I've thought about it, like I still like the episode, but mm-hmm. I understand they had to lay a lot of pipe to mm-hmm. kind of make everything make sense so then they can go into the finale and have the big confrontation and, you know, uh, lead into other movies or TV shows from there. And I think our theories about Agatha, Agatha, right? Agatha Harkness, Har- Harkness. yeah. Um, I, I did not really see this coming. No, no. Like we had way different theories. Yeah. When it. the episode opened with like the Salem in Salem. Yeah. I, at first I was like, I, I don't like it when like they take a, a person being burned at the stake at the Salem witch trials and then they're like, oh, they're actually a witch. Like, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of shitty. A lot mm-hmm. of innocent people died in Salem mm-hmm. and then to be like, no, they were witches. It's like, oh, eat shit. Like. That's right. that's disrespectful. But I did like that this one, yeah, that's what it looked like she was being led to, but then it was actually her coven saying that she betrayed the coven. Right. That felt a little less disrespectful. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And um still I think Salem is hacky. Like <laughs> you which is, you know, they they exist at other places. Yeah. You know, or at least the the idea of witches did. Mm-hmm. So um but yeah, I just I found that really interesting that she kind of basically said like oh i just i felt this really powerful energy and it drew me to your hex and i, I think i missed that part it. i'm glad you explained that to me because i'm i might have been focusing on something else and i missed what actually how she got to be with wanda and near wanda yeah so yeah and she was trying to figure out how she did it and what she is because she doesn't she didn't think that she was like a normal uh, you know mutant or event i don't know yeah, yeah, and uh, the reveal at the end was cool. Um, 
I mean, she mentioned chaos magic, which that is what uh, Scarlet Witch in the Marvel Universe, she, she uses chaos magic. That's her okay. power. Uh, so for them to actually put those words in there, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I, I dig that. Um, and then, of course, saying you're the Scarlet Witch, I like that now in the MCU, right. I guess, Scarlet Witch is not just her name. It is, it's like a title or a rank. There's some sort of power behind the idea of the Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. That may have been a storyline in the uh, Marvel comics. I, I'm not very well versed on Wanda yeah. and, and the Scarlet Witch in general. So maybe that was an honorific or a title given to her in the comics. But I've just always known that as kind of her silly superhero name. Mm-hmm, right. You know. And I there was one point where uh, Wanda was asking about her son's and Agatha just kind of like veered the conversation somewhere else. And I, I had an immediate thought of like, oh my gosh, she got rid of him or she killed him and then Wanda's going to flip mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, towards the end of the episode, you obviously if she didn't yeah, or didn't yet, I don't know. I, I found that I did miss the, uh, the, 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 the setup of the show, the, the playing off of uh, old TV shows, sitcoms and, and stuff like, mm-hmm. That stuff was so charming. And then when this one, they again, they just laid a lot of story pipe. Mm-hmm. It was still good, but I, I felt like I kind of missed those mm-hmm. those kind of... I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be fun. I like the episodes like the uh, uh, the Halloween episode and the We've Got to Talk episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, they still got heavy, and there was kind of conflict and, and, right. and discomfort. But I still... I liked... I thought it just... It shows how well they nailed... The framing device. That's what I'm yeah, looking for. Yeah, okay. Of, you know, 90s sitcoms, 80s, mm-hmm. 2000s. So. I mean, now we're past the 2000s. Technically, it was this yeah. episode. So it makes sense that they would bring it up to date. Right. Yeah. And yeah. So, I, I mean, I kind of missed that. But I understand that now the show has progressed beyond that. And mm-hmm. the next episode is the finale. So. Uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of sad about. Yeah. I like I like what they're building to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that, uh, I mean, there's so, people talk about in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like sometimes the stakes are so high that it's almost laughable. Like it's always a big blue light beam cannon thingy coming from the sky, like the first Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's always these big dumb stakes. And I like that this one, the stakes are relatively speaking small, but it's Wanda's kids. It's vision. Mm-hmm. It's her own sanity and, and uh, well-being, you right. know. It's, I mean, gra- and this town. Yeah. This town is mm-hmm. at stake. And the possibility of her powers growing, but it doesn't feel big and dumb. It feels intimate, mm-hmm. you know. And I think they're really pulling that off so far. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, and, oh, yeah, when they first started getting into Wanda's backstory, I was like, oh, well, we know this. Like, because they, they talk about it in Age of Ultron. When, oh. You haven't seen that one in a long time. Yeah. They talk about how their, how Sokovia was attacked mm-hmm. and their parents died and they were basically stuck under this bomb and it said Stark on the side. Yes. So I was like, oh, it's cool to see, but we have seen this. Mm-hmm. But then uh, uh, Agatha asking, like, so why didn't that bomb go off? Right. So it was. It was faulty. And she's like, was it faulty? And I was like, oh, shit, they're, they're retconning her. Which like, describe retconning? Retcon is where you, you release something like, uh, 
you change a part of a character's story or yes yeah their powers their narrative something like that where you say oh well we said this happened but actually this happened Mm. you know and you don't Mm -hmm. necessarily have to have to have to have it like uh like how they did it where they flash back to it right you could just say like oh no that was you know that was something else it's actually this happens a lot in comics so i didn't mind it happening in this show and i thought that was interesting that it turns out you know that she had these latent mystical supernatural powers and then one of the infinity stones brought it out of her to an extent that now she's the scarlet witch whatever that means mm-hmm. i think that's cool i think that was a really smart uh twist that yeah. they implemented um i don't know what that means for pietro because he was exposed to it and he just got super fast yeah, that'll be interesting if they even... I don't, I don't even know if they'll get into it, but yeah. you don't... Honestly, you don't need to. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that maybe just because they, they had a bloodline, maybe they were... They both so had some sort of mystical ability latent and his just happened to be run super fast. Well, and I like that they also touched on um, the new Pietro in um, this series, how mm-hmm. Agatha basically was like, well, I was going to get the the actual you know the the real one but his body was full of holes so i had to go with this one yeah yeah that's right yeah and again a, a formal introduction of fox's x-men universe mm-hmm. into the marvel universe now which is awesome i missed i missed monica <laughs> Mo- uh, just uh, monica black? rambo uh, the the black woman Oh, yeah. 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 I miss a lot of the supporting cast in this one. It was good. I mean, it's WandaVision. It was good to get that backstory from Scarlet. Uh, on the uh, the, the post credit scene in the last episode, Pietro found her. And so now we don't know. Oh, She's that's probably right. held captive somewhere. That's right. What was the post credit scene in this one? Um, oh, that uh, vision came back as like evil vision. Yeah, what the hell is that? I don't know. That might be a comic book thing that I'm not familiar That's with. That's crazy though. Yeah, he's all he's all like corpsey and. Yeah, uh, it was really weird. Yeah, that was a bummer. Well, and to see like her, the memory of her going to this sword, and it's interesting that um, the main guy in sword is like, oh, she came and stole his body when clearly she did not. But yeah. to see Vision just like sprawled out in pieces, like it was dark. You kind of like your hurt, heart head. hurt for her. Yeah, really made the the leader of Sword seem like just a real dickhead. Yeah, yeah. Now she's like, to I can't see it. Yeah. you, and uh, yeah. heart wrenching. And I, I did like that twist of like, no, she didn't steal um, his body, which of course mm-hmm. makes total sense. Like mm-hmm. even if Wanda slip in, like she's still a good person, right? You know from everything we've seen in the movies so she wouldn't steal his body and i did love the um the writing of when the memory of wanda sitting on her bed watching old sitcoms and vision comes in and talks to her about the grieving process yeah right that was like beautifully written i felt Mm -hmm. anybody and everybody can relate to that because that's exactly how it feels the way that she was describing it i'm like yes yeah you know, and the way that he, this, how did he say, um, what is grieving but love persevering? Yeah. Like, ugh, Beautiful. So good. 
goddamn synthesoid said it too. That's cool as hell. I know. It yeah. was so good. Yep. I want that on a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. I, I do like that idea of somebody who's not, I mean, he's alive, but also he's a synthetic life form, mm-hmm. but he has that outside perspective of understanding what it means to be human. Uh, that's cool as hell. Like that's, that's right. Genius. That's like he can still understand and. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, it's it's like, you know, in high school when you're fighting with a friend or, you know, you're going through a bad breakup, you need somebody to kind of talk to you and mm-hmm. be like, hey, from the outside looking in, like, you know, that was just not a great relationship for both of you and you're going to move on and do better, you know, right. things like that. You need that outside perspective because they can bring such an essential truth to you at that mm-hmm. moment. So, yeah, uh, just I've, I've, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'm a total Marvel shill. Hmm. You know, I'm a, I'm a Marvel cuck, whatever you want to call me. <laughs> but, uh, man, uh, it's it's going to be sad to see the s- potentially series, if not season, end. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they'll if they can bring it back for a second season. Who knows? I don't know if Paul Bettany and Vision are going to be back. I Gosh, don't know. So, I feel like so many what ifs. I feel like if they were to end it with just this one season, there's going to have to be a lot to happen in this last episode for it to be like done and everybody be satisfied. Yeah. Yeah. This episode was like technically 47 minutes long, but probably closer to 39 or something with all the post credit stuff or just the, the, they have like the Deutsch credits and the Spanish credits and all that stuff. But yeah, I hope that the, the finale is truly an hour long, mm-hmm. like maybe an hour and 10. So we get a full hour long because, yeah, they've got a lot of lot of strings to tie up and mm-hmm. make all the connections and make it satisfying and worthwhile. So right. I at this point, I've got no reason to believe that they're not going to land it. Yeah. If they don't, that's going to be heartbreaking. But then again, you know, I mean, it's we'll just see. a TV show. We'll be, I'll be fine. You, you might know. cry about it later, but it's fine. Sure, yeah, for sure. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, yeah, it's just entertainment. But it's been a, uh, it's been a blast of a show so far, and I'm still, I'm still looking forward to Captain America or uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. I'm, meh. I th- keep that. Yeah. Hopefully, it I just hope it exceeds my your mind. expectations, yeah. and you're like, this show is the tits, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. But all right, that's gonna do it for us. We talked a long time. We did. Wow. Yep. I think I got a little too passionate in my segment. I'm so <laughs> sorry, but you know. Yeah. If you stuck with us this long, really appreciate you. Again, if you ever feel the need to reach out to us, life well spent at yahoo.com. At or, Yoho. Yeah, Yoho. <laughs> uh, or uh, life underscore well underscore spent underscore on Instagram. Yes. Yes. We did it. Big summer blowout. <laughs> was that uh was that frozen? Yes. Oh, fantastic. Uh, so fun. Yeah. Oh my gosh. All right. Love you guys. Love you. Thanks for Have listening. A fantastic uh day, night, evening, week, weekend. Yes. Whatever. Love you to pieces. We'll see you in March Madness. Yes. Bye. Bye. Bye.